found my focus soon as you came into view Highlight and expose the way I think of you Now it's clear as day just what I need to do Start just give it all that you got Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of shoot your shot this week's episode is actually a really interesting one because i'm joined by amar from make it real it's going to be a really interesting episode because it's revolving around how videographers find working alongside photographers what are the pros what are the cons it's really interesting because i feel like photography in its own right is a very specific type of field and Videography is exactly the same, yet so different. However, both genres of work work so closely together. It's quite interesting to kind of look at how it is that we work together and how important it is to have a positive and good relationship with your photographer or with your videographer and how we can go about that. So Amar is going to talk us through from a videographer's perspective and how he finds working with photographers and we're going to see from a videographer's perspective how we work and how possibly we can improve as well when working alongside our videographer colleagues. So yeah, it's going to be a really interesting episode. Amar has been working for years and years in the wedding industry and make it real. So I'm really excited to have him as a part of this episode. Okay, so we're joined by Amar. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure, Jay. Uh, it's Amar from Make It Real, uh, the director of Make It Real. Uh, we're Birmingham-based, but I'm a born and bred Londoner. Yeah, I can tell by your accent. <laughs> I actually thought that once we spoke on the phone a couple of times. I was like, surely he's not from Birmingham. He can't be. His accent's way too posh. The, the funny thing is, is I have to be careful what I say in this, in this uh, podcast now, because I've got a lot of mates in London that are probably going to watch this. And yeah. If I, if I have any sort of brummy tongue, they're going to kill, absolutely kill me. <laughs> the funny thing is, but every time I go back to London, as soon as I cross the M25, yeah. I'm a Londoner again. And my accent's normally okay. But then if my London mates come up to Birmingham yeah. to see your family, then there's always a bit of a twang. In see, there. I've had that because during uni, I went to Leicester. I can swear that I felt it myself. My accent started to change into a bit of a Leicester accent. And like, are, you, are you putting that on or is it real? But yeah, I, I get what you mean. It happens, it happens. You mimic the people around you, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay, so we wanted to get into this episode is because obviously you do videography and you do that exclusively. Mm-hmm. And the podcast itself was revolving more around photographers. But I think we work so closely mm-hmm. and there's such a similarity, but such a major difference as well. I wanted to kind of get you on and kind of get your thoughts on your experiences with other photographers and how it works and all the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you can share some bad experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's a photographer's union out there and uh, I'll try not to, uh, I'll try not to uh, offend anyone in the process, but yeah, some of my best friends are photographers. So uh, I'll take it easy on you guys. So how is it that you got into videography then? So I studied it. I was always like the media geek at school, then went to university, did film and TV production at Westminster, which was a really good course at the time. Mm. When you go to that sort of course, you know, the, the dream is you go to Hollywood and make Hollywood movies and stuff. And to be fair, a couple of my friends on the course are actually absolutely smashing it. Oh, really? They're working in Hollywood and stuff oh, wow. as well. Um, and they're screenwriting shows uh, that you'll see on Netflix and Sky and stuff like that. So shout out to them. Um, but yeah. Drop I went, the name. Also, James Nunn. Big up James Nunn. He works. He worked for a long time with like WWE Studios. And I think oh, he still wow. might be. So he's doing like movies with them. Um, and uh, Joe Barton, he's working on like shows with like sky and netflix that is and, crazy um yeah it's probably loads of names i'm missing out but they're yeah. two good friends of mine oh, i haven't wow. seen them for a long time but mm. yeah really proud of what they're doing um and i'm working in the wedding industry so yeah <laughs> i did so as i did all right as well yeah um so yeah I, that was just kind of like my background studied at film and tv production and mm. then after that was just kind of freelancing going on shoots mm. music videos adverts anything that i could get my hands on really yeah um missed a few opportunities 
worked in retail a lot um kind of thing and then then i just had friends that worked in the wedding industry as well and then you know it was kind of like a typical scenario brown knows how to use a camera wedding videographer right (laughs) um and kind of like yeah i dabbled in it and i'd actually done my first ever wedding when i was 16 really Um, it was actually because i was the media geek at school my geography teacher was getting married and he asked the media teacher like you know, can we get one of the students to film it? That is wild. So me and one of my mates, we got... And 50. he trusted you, though. Yeah, Handycam, like the most basic kit ever. It was literally like a Handycam, just <laughs> one little Zoom function, uh, tripod. Um, and it was like a full-on church wedding and, like, reception. Did he have someone else there as well? There was me and one of my best friends. It's still one of my best friends to this day. And we literally had two Handycams, and we edited it and shot it. Uh, tripods were falling over during the ceremony. That is uh, awesome. We're editing it on iMovie and stuff. And I remember after that wedding going home and going, I'm never shooting a wedding again. <laughs> like, never shooting a wedding again. And hundreds of weddings later. Yeah. That's wild. And I never wanted to do it. <laughs> so how did you come up with Make It Real then? Uh, so Make It Real kind of came about kind of 12, 13 years ago. Mm. Um, I actually had like a few different smaller brands for different things. I used to do some things yeah. in sports videography and I had like a little... Brian and that used to do like kind of football coaching DVDs and things mm-hmm. like that. And then weddings, you starting to kind of, I was yeah. getting more and more inquiries for that. And I didn't really have a brand name for it. Mm. And I've always felt like that sometimes things are too over the top in the wedding industry. Like amazing, but sometimes for myself, I wanted it to be a kind of bit more of the realism element, kind of yeah. like a bit more photojournalism, if you want to call it from like a photographer's perspective, yeah. kind of like voyeuristic, kind of like showing mm-hmm. angles and shots that... It's almost like people didn't know you were filming and things like that. Yeah. Like very discreet style, standoffish. That's how I started. And that's how kind of like the brand name kind of make it real yeah. started. And it allowed me to carry on doing kind of corporate stuff under the brand as well. Uh, working with like small brands, businesses and things like that. Oh, wicked. Okay. So do you feel like you transitioned into make it real or was it a case of you kind of thought about it and based on that concept was like, yeah, the name makes sense with the way that I shoot? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, even now, I still use it to this day where, you know, make it real is there's an element of realism in what Mm. we do. So, yeah, that was always the idea behind that. But I don't think it was like a massive transition. I think you just kind of like you want to know what your position is. Yeah. And in 10 years time, the name might not be synonymous with the way we shoot. Yeah. And people might look at our work now and be like, there's no realism in that. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, people only see the cinematic elements because obviously that's kind of like the money grabbing shots that you Mm. put on your socials and things like that. But actually, if you see our four videos, yeah, that's where you find the, the realism aspect of it. It's really interesting that you have that kind of concept because there's particular parts of weddings that I kind of shoot in that same sort of style where I feel as though I should be nothing more than a shadow and not interrupt like mm-hmm. what's going on in ceremonies and stuff like that. Um, so you must have covered, obviously, a decent amount of Pakistani weddings and towards the end of it when the girl's leaving her family, mm-hmm. that particular point. I feel like, yeah, no one should be kind of disrupting that. Absolutely. I mean, same with like, you got the Vadai ceremony or you got exactly, the Dolly yeah. and things like that. So yeah, nothing kind of grinds me more when it's a stop-start scenario. Yeah. Uh, and then that's sometimes where you do kind of clash with other people that might be working at the wedding. Where it's like, you were going to say photographers. photographers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. that's sometimes where it's just kind of like, hey, like, you know, this isn't the time. There's a time and a place to kind yeah. of like pose things and things like that. But, you know, people have their different styles. It's never a bad thing to kind of do that. It's just a different way of working, I guess. Yeah. One of the major differences between obviously photographers and videographers is it's a lot quicker for us to kind of point and snap and we'll get that moment in an instant and we've got a still of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with videographers it's a case of you have to make sure you capture that because if you know someone walks past you walks in front of the camera yeah that entire moment is ruined yeah so do you ever kind of get nervous before going into a shoot especially after so long and yeah experience Um, we used to like i mean we've been doing this for over like 15 years now yeah. I used to be terrified. Like, you know, you'd have those, the sleep before a wedding and yeah. you couldn't sleep because you're just <laughs> dreaming about the wedding day and mm. everything's going wrong. And then you wake up and you're like, I've got to go to the wedding now and I hope that whatever happened in the dream doesn't happen. Yeah. And now I have a, like a great night's sleep before a wedding. I think part of it was technology mm. because we used to shoot Z1s, Sony Z1s, yeah. Z5s. Mm. And we only used to have, sometimes it would be a one cameraman shoot. And then that's where you've got zero room for yeah. mess error. ups, right? Yeah. Or error. 
then it got to the point where we're starting to use two or three and then we're using kind of yeah. then we've transitioned to kind of dslrs and now we've got like five cameras on the go so yeah. you kind of like technology definitely mm. helps and it's different for photographers because you have to manually be clicking exactly um, yeah. and if you or your second shooter didn't get it then it's gone right yeah where with us we've always got you know like multiple cameras set up mm. but then there's always that moment i mean i could make i could write a book about the best shots i never got yeah you know, exactly. sometimes I'm in the right place and I've got a great composition. I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting. You know, I might be shooting in a ceremony and it might be a secret wedding ceremony and the dad's about to hand the bulla into the bride's hand. Yeah. And, you know, I've got a great composition where I'm focused on the mum. Mm. And all I want mum to do is wipe a tear. Yeah. Right? And just as dad I've hands the bulla. Ones. And I've, sometimes I get it and I'm just like, that's the best shot like yeah. I've ever got. <laughs> you know, you can have spinning shots in the park and stuff mm. like that. But that for me, that is just like an amazing shot. Yeah, exactly. Because there's so many emotions within that one exactly. shot. Yeah. But then someone leans over and like blocks mum's shot and you can tell she was crying and you're just yeah. like ruined. You know, so it was, it was like the best shot exactly, I never got. Yeah. So it happens a lot. Um, but I don't really get uh, too worried now. I think a, lo- a lot of it is experience. Yeah. Knowing what's going to happen before it happens. Yeah. Especially with just knowing ceremonies intimately, mm. especially in the Asian wedding industry. Yeah. If you know what's going to happen before it happens, you're being proactive in, exactly, in what you're yeah. shooting. The moment you're being reactive, and I actually explained this to my clients a lot as well. Yeah. Actually, it has it in our terms and conditions. We would just say we do need to be kept uh, informed about developments of the day and what's going to happen next. Um, and even when we get to an event, guys, if you're about to start one of the sessions, just give us a two or three minutes heads up. That's all we need. Because if yeah. we know what's going to happen, we're going to make it look good. Exactly. If we don't know what's going to happen, we're just filming things. Yeah. Right? And you're being blind and you haven't got light, sound, camera set up. You haven't got the right choice of lens. Exactly. And yeah. then you're just filming stuff. Yeah. And then you kind of see that sometimes in people's work that it's not so much that their work isn't great. Yeah. It's that they weren't being proactive. They were being reactive exactly. to, uh, to what's happening in front of them. Yeah. And it's a live scenario. So there's, yeah. there's only one chance, right? <laughs> Touching back on when you were saying that example of mom wiping her tears, and I think that kind of plays into your concept as well, you know, to make it real because it's a case of, you're waiting for it to happen and it's a real moment and you don't want to say to mom, oh, do you want to just... Yeah. And yeah. you let it play out. Yeah. And however it plays out, it just plays out. Yeah. So I get what you're saying and that concept plays into it again then, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's also that... I feel like my clients will be more impressed with seeing something that they didn't know I was shooting Yeah. rather than something I shot during, say, bridal preps or a couple shoot. Yeah. Because they know I was shooting that because I posed them up and I shot mm. them, etc. Yeah. And there's probably an overlap with photography as well. If you kind of pose something up as a photographer, the client's expecting to see the result from that. Yeah, exactly. But if you shoot something that's like more kind of PJ style, yeah. and then they're like, oh, wow, we didn't know you got that shot or you were doing that or that's yeah. the style you're shooting. And then they're really impressed and it's mm-hmm. like a bonus for them sometimes, right? Exactly, yeah. So just branching off of the last question then, what about when you initially started or kind of started getting really into weddings? Did you find the nerves used to kick in then? or? Was it still a case of you were fine? Yeah, yeah. So um, when you first start out, you're working with photographers on the same sort of level as yourself. Yeah. Um, not as much experience, younger, etc. Mm. And you kind of grow together. Yeah. And then there was kind of like a transition phase where I started to work with, I felt like better photographers. And then further to that, I started to work with a couple of like really big names. Yeah. And then you feel a little bit intimidated because it's the first time you're working with someone. So then you get to a point where you're working with... Uh, some of the bigger names. Yeah. And then you feel a little bit intimidated. And I remember the first time I worked with one particular photographer, um, they didn't know who I was. Mm. Um, and it's kind of like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And they're like, oh, yeah, sorry, who are you? And uh, <laughs> you introduce yourself and I'm just like, I know who they are, but yeah. they don't know who I am. So I'm just like, eh. <laughs> it's the first time working together. And then you kind of like, kind of walking on eggshells. You don't want to offend. You don't want to take up any of their time. You kind yeah. of end up shooting around them a little bit. You're kind of like watching, you're letting, waiting for your opportunity. Mm. Being respectful, essentially, you're still kind of, you know, not to say that they were being, they weren't giving me any opportunity to do anything I wanted. It would be like, Amar, do you want anything now? Like, yeah, they'd, they'd be respectful back, mm. but kind of like this guy's going to be a hindrance if I give him too much time. Yeah, right. <laughs> you get through the wedding day, you you know, you shake hands, off you go. Yeah, and the next time you work together, so it's like, oh hey, Amar, how's it going? Like, good to work with you again, and then you build that rapport, you build that relationship, and then all of a sudden you get to a a sense where you feel you belong not necessarily because mm. of your standard of work but just because you're not gonna stop them from achieving what they want to achieve at the wedding and that's a big thing yeah um and vice versa yeah and it helps you grow your style you start learning from photographers 
um, what you want to learn, different styles, different methods. I remember one photographer, we were doing morning preps. And I say morning preps a lot because it's a part of the day where it's photo, video, and a bride in the room. So yeah. that's where it's very kind of like apparent, a lot of the scenarios, right? Yeah. And uh, the photographer said, so um, do you want to shoot it like this or like that? And he's setting up kind of like reflectors and lighting and backdrops. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I'm just like a bit more of a fly on the wall sort of shooter. And this was a long time ago. Yeah. And then uh, he was a friend of a friend. And like we had, we were having a lot of banter between us anyway. And he was just like, are you shooting blind wall because you don't know how to shoot kind of posed <laughs> like posed or are you yeah. shooting um because you you want to or because you can't okay and we kind of we laughed it off and then like, for the whole day i was just going does he think that i can't pose and then i started questioning myself was like can i pose do i know how to pose couples like maybe was he being serious or was he just i think there was probably a, an element of it okay. because i was still like not a newbie but i've been doing it for several years and you, then you start thinking well yeah he might have done it as a throwaway comment, but mm. then I was kind of a bit like, well, I don't want to prove him wrong, but kind of like, does everyone think I can't pose? Yeah. Do couples think I can't pose? Mm. That's why I stick to one particular style. Yeah. So you kind of think, oh, I'm starting to, let me start doing a little bit more posy stuff. And then you start thinking, well, actually, I like doing this stuff. And yeah. then you get that sort of that hybrid style of like, we can pose and we can shoot really natural, elegant on the wall as well yeah and then that's kind of how that kind of the make it real kind mm. of look is now which yeah. is not not overly cinematic but not um not overly kind of fly on the wall documentary style either so yeah sometimes having these uh <laughs> throwaway comments throwaway comments constructive criticism unconstructive <laughs> criticism can, can be helpful i think it's really important as well to kind of have diverse styles of shooting because that can help you with a diverse mm-hmm. clientele as well. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there's clients who will be ultra happy and there's clients that will be really mega shy as well. So I think it works works well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wanted to move on to, so in terms of weddings then, like you said, you've been doing it for some years now. On average, then, how many weddings do you take on per year? Is it like a limited quantity or is it just unlimited? Yeah, last two, three years has been a bit patchy, obviously, with COVID. Of course. Um, I say around that mid-20s, yeah. like around the 25 mark, always used to be our sweet number. Yeah. Once upon a time, we were doing six a year, and then it just kind of scaled up and scaled up and yeah, yeah and, and kind of snowballed. Then you had the COVID year, where it was literally like, it might have been single digits, to be fair. Yeah, of course. And then you had the next year, which was like, I think, 40-odd, 45, wow, maybe. that's a big jump. Because you had two wedding seasons in yeah, one. Yeah, of course. And yeah, how did that play out? How was that? That was hard. I mean, I have to shout out everyone, like everyone in the industry, because everyone was just grinding hard. Yeah. And I mean, everyone put on weight, that, all the weight <laughs> that they lost during lockdown. Uh, so and, that wedding, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then everyone just back on it. And I've never seen everyone look so tired. Um, yeah. Everyone from like, you know, like DJs, caterers, waiters, you know, car drivers, you name it. Just everyone was just, there's really big community sense as well, which is yeah. good. And we refer to each other as like our weekend wives. Oh yeah. Right. So you have your wife at home Monday to Friday and then you have your friends that become your wife because they're the people that you moan to and yeah. you know talk about your family to and things like that. And yeah, that was just an insane year. So anyone that worked with me throughout that year and actually there was a really big collaborative effort. I have to shout out so many other companies, mm-hmm. too many to name. But yeah. we all kind of just helped each other. Like, mate, I'm struggling for shooters for this gig. Yeah. Because people so and so has moved their date five times. Yeah. Can you help me out? Yeah, cool, no problem. And you kind of like play it forward. Yeah. If someone helped me. Exactly. I didn't really yeah. fancy helping anyone else because I was tired myself. But yeah. some a different company might call me and say, I'm going to need your help tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. You'd play that favour forward that you got from someone else. Exactly. You, you can't always play it back to the same person. Mm. And I felt like that's a big difference in the industry now compared to 10, 20 years ago. Is people are more, they're less standoffish with each other. Yeah. They're more likely to collaborate. It's a, it's a good way of kind of networking and building connections as well, isn't yeah. it? Uh, especially if, like you said, I mean, within your own community which is videographers but also make new connections with photographers and whoever else that is in the industry like i've had um people contact me that aren't photographers but have recommended me or asked look my brides look for say a photographer Mm -hmm. Uh, i've had days do that and it's always good to kind of build connections that way as well did you find that you build a lot of connections that way as well yeah yeah um you can never know enough people 
Um, yeah. when when I first started out, be friendly to everyone, be respectful. Yeah, want to learn from them. Mm. You can learn equally from talented people and untalented people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yes, like if you watch other people work, it's kind of like if you see someone work and you don't like the way they work. Yeah, take a mental note and be like. I don't exactly, want to work like yeah. that or I would choose not to do it like that. Mm. I would prefer to do it like this. And yeah, I mean, I think that's, there's, there's a lot to be learned from just talking to people, watching people work. The irony is now that when I go to a wedding, I couldn't yeah. care less what photographers and videographers do <laughs> because I'm so excited to be a guest at a wedding. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but previously, you know, I'm not watching the, the ceremony. I'm watching what the videographers and photographers yeah. were doing when I was first starting out. And you can learn so much. Yeah, of course. And you still hear stories these days of like, Oh, so and so did this at that wedding, and and you just think, oh wow, like really, like I would never act in that way, and things yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, you can you can learn from bad and good, definitely. So, because you do videography exclusively, mm-hmm. do you find that you end up working with a lot of different photographers, or is it generally the usual kind of photographers? A mixed bag. We've probably worked with a lot of photographers over the years. Yeah. And every year we still work with someone new, mm. it seems like. Uh, but increasingly, I feel like we're working with the same names. Okay. Maybe that's a, a symptom of when a client wants to book someone more experienced. Yeah. Old. You know, they want to get an experienced photographer and an experienced... You're never going to get an imbalance. Very rare that you're going to get a, a top-end experienced photographer mm. who's kind of like a master of their craft and then yeah. skimp on the video. They're going to get an experienced videographer as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then you start working with some of the mm. same names uh, more and more often. Yeah. And then it gets to the point where you start referring each other work exactly. uh, because, you know, your standards are similar and yeah. your methods are similar as well. Mm. So from perspective, brides and grooms, do you ever find that they ever ask you for recommendations? And as a loaded question, what does it take for photographers in particular to become a recommendation what kind of qualities do you kind of look for in order to recommend them we do get asked for recommendations and we normally give like a short list sometimes it might just be one or two names to start with yeah and it might be based on locality okay. obviously we get referred a lot yeah and you never bite the hand that feeds you yeah so if we are only referring one photographer yeah no one else no, no other photographers are going to refer you work as well so there's a business mm-hmm. element to it as well to be to be truthful so you have to spread the referrals around as well yeah and be an honest kind of businessman in that sense as well yeah so it might just be based on where's your wedding guys oh, at west london i've got some great photographers in west london that i could recommend you i'm not going to necessarily recommend someone that might be on the other side of the country yeah this it's not always about the standard of the photography if i'm totally honest okay it helps i don't want to recommend a bad photographer of course um, I want to recommend them a good supplier. Mm. So a, a good photographer isn't a good supplier. Explain the difference. So, you know, there's some cracking photographers out there. Yeah. But if that person's not going to live up to their end of the bargain or their, mm. what is their contract with you, mm. shortchange you, yeah. not show up, never get your photos back on time, all different scenarios. Just that inconsistent. Might... Yeah, exactly that. Um What's the point of having good photos if you never see them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the same with videographers. Mm. So it's, it's not a photography thing. It's, it's any sort of supply yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, you don't book a DJ and then a different DJ turns up and it's kind yeah. of like, well, you know, I booked mm. you, right? So I always try to recommend reputable people. Yeah. And then I'll let the client be the judge of the standard of the photography. Okay. So when I do recommend, it's different scales of photography. Okay. What others might deem to be incredible photography mm. and others, others some other photography that they might not find as impressive, Yeah, I could vouch for them that they're all good photographers. Okay. It's hard for me to actually vouch for videographers because I don't work with them that much, right? Yeah, of course. But photographers yeah. I know inside out. <laughs> and I can, you know, I could just reel, reel them off, uh, mm. you know, a, a list of them. Um, so, yeah, they need to just be reputable and live up to their end of the bargain. Yeah. Be good people, honest, hardworking. And, yeah, doing good photography helps also. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like being respectful as well, working alongside yourself, is also probably a major thing as well because essentially you end up having to split time, don't you? Yeah. And you end up having to be respectful. And I've seen and have heard of scenarios where there's been conflict between the two. And are you, you talking, are you talking you, about one of my weddings or no? No, just generally, <laughs> like you walk away then, and you know more than likely I probably won't recommend that person because yeah, 
the type of way that they've worked. Yeah, it's the method of work. Exactly, and and yeah. that's how I'll recommend my photographers. It'll be like, we've got a similar method of work. Yeah. Check out the work. And if you like it, I, I just know we'll be able to collaborate well with each other on a day mm -hmm. and give you a good photo and video service. Yeah. Um, but you be the judge of whether you like the photography. Yeah. Because there's no point me saying it. It's, it's going to be yes. their wedding photos and whether they like their style or not. Yeah. I think it just, method of work is essentially what it comes down to. Yeah. So photography and videography, it's both of them are so creative, yet they're so similar in terms of shooting and stuff, yet they're very different as well. Mm -hmm. So in your own kind of way, how would you expand on the creative process being quite different between the two? And that can go from like shooting into the editing process and all of it. Yeah, I mean, going back to what you earlier said with regards to videography, sometimes there is the only one chance yeah. and there's no second takes at weddings. Yeah. And, you know, if there's a moment happening that last 10 seconds, we need to have a clean shot for 10 seconds. Yeah. A photographer might only need to get two snaps in those 10 seconds or even those one snap in that 10 second moment yeah. for their job to be done to in capturing yeah. that moment yeah. uh, sufficiently. Mm. So often kind of like there is a lot more pressure on videography. There's less second chances. I mean, it could be argued that photographers say, well, if we don't catch that one moment yeah. and then there's a blink and then the lighting's not white or whatever, yeah. and there is more room for every videography because... Yeah, you could cut to another angle and things like that. Mm. It's a difficult one. Just creatively, I just feel like we're trying to, as videographers, trying to capture more moments rather than maybe make moments. Yeah, I think where you see amazing natural stuff captured by a photographer, you have to applaud them. Yeah, because they literally like have to be so eagle-eyed and focused on what's mm. happening around them, and even just have their camera ready, the settings are right. Yeah, just to capture that moment. Mm -hmm. There's one thing kind of saying, seeing something happening, being aware, and then flicking your camera up, and yeah. it's not set, right? Yeah. But I feel like, especially in the Asian wedding industry, and when, you, when I've worked on like things like white weddings, at Asian wedding industries, we control the wedding, or yeah. photographers control the wedding. And it can be, it, I think it's very helpful for them, and I feel like a lot of them, the shots that are created can be a bit more posed. Mm. Whereas for video, if you pose a shot, it's very obvious it's posed. Yeah. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a difficult one. It's a tricky, it's a really <laughs> tricky question to ask uh, kind of creatively. I think you need kind of like a, a back and forth because we need to get a photographer in there. <laughs> I, know, yeah. <laughs> I suppose, like you said, it's a case of it's that one shot and you have to then hold for the 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. Whereas a photographer's job, not to downplay it, but you take that shot and you've captured that moment. And it's I a, mean, in that 10 seconds, they might process. shoot 10 shots, but they just yeah, need the one, right? Exactly. To, to show that they documented yeah. whatever happened. Mm. But for us, we just need to make sure. We can't then have it go bounce out of focus exactly. or the camera wobble or whatever, yeah. because then it's like the whole 10 seconds is ruined, right? Yeah. Or someone gets in the way or things yeah. happen. So um, I think, I mean, we could argue back and forth with yeah, it, of course. Uh, in, in terms of kind of like with a photographer with something like that. But, I think just massive respect to the fact that photo and video teams are just so like aware and attentive. Yeah. And not everything can be fixed in post. Yeah. I agree with that. Yes. It's actually funny. I had to do, I remember <laughs> at university, we had to do a, an, an essay, which was, um, does technology hinder creativity or help creativity? Mm. And then you kind of relate to like weddings, like, yeah, you can, you know, you can shoot amazing things. Yeah. But then when some people are just like, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's too dark. Should we set up lights now? Just crank it up in post. Yeah. You know, but then act, let's try and make it beautiful in camera as much as exactly, possible. Yeah. And we do very little in post wherever mm. possible. We don't really overly grade our videos. Yeah. So yeah, try and make it in camera as much as possible as well. Fair enough. Um, going back to one of the earlier questions in terms of working with either new photographers or the usual kind of suspect, do you have a preference of working with people that you're well acquainted with or is it exciting to be working with someone new at a wedding a bit of both um i like working with like the regular suspects because yeah. it's going to be an easy day yeah you know what you're doing you know your methods of work you know where you're going to be for various parts of the ceremony how you're yeah. going to do your morning preps things mm. like that your couple shoots similar stuff but then when you work with someone new it can either be like a great experience because they're doing something different to what you would normally do and you might not necessarily capture it on the day but you might see how they work and be like, oh, I've never thought of doing it like that. Yeah. Or they might be like natural light photographers. Yeah. Or more kind of like uh, PJ style photographers. 
uh, or very posy photographers. Mm-hmm. And again, sometimes you learn from things equally of what you do like to do and things you don't like to do. Yeah. So everything's always a learning experience. Uh, I always say there's never a bad experience. There's just a, an experience yeah. to be learned from. Of course. So I'd rather have a bad experience than no experience. Yeah. Right? So if I only worked with the same old photographers, yeah. I'd never have a bad experience to learn from. Yeah. I'd rather have had that experience. But yeah, some some new whenever I work with a new photographer, there's always something to be learned from. Um it can be a little bit exciting. It can be, I'm not gonna be honest, the first time you, when you find out you're working with someone that you haven't worked with, you're kind of a bit like, uh, ah, okay, like it does make you a bit anxious, doesn't just it? Just a little bit because you still have your job to do. But yeah. if you know that someone doesn't intimately know your style, yeah, the person that you're gonna be standing next to all day, i.e. the mm-hmm. photographer, then you don't want them to be a hindrance, right? Yeah, of course. But I think a lot of these things can just be cleared up with good communication. Yeah. And sometimes you just, at an inquiry stage, I'd say to the client, I'd be like, oh, just to let you make you aware, we haven't worked with that photographer before. Okay. And so, you know, the client should be able to put kind of two and two together. Yeah. be like, oh, okay, right, well, um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Okay. <laughs> it's a, kind of like a disclaimer, right? Yeah. But if then they said, oh, we're also looking at so-and-so, and I said, ah, oh, great, we've worked together for five years. We have very similar methods of work. Mm-hmm. We've worked great with them. Yeah. That's kind of a suggestion of if you've got a choice between two yeah. photographers that you're trying to pick, try and pick the one where the photo and video teams have worked together because you're going to get the best of uh, the best out of both of them. Yeah. yeah. So just linking on from that then, because we work so closely together, videographers and photographers, I know you've touched on it, but how important is the chemistry between the two then on the day? Really important. If there's a clash, it just it's never going to work. You're never going to get the best of both. Yeah. It's kind of like having a ball and chain. There used to be a time when clients used to book separate video teams. Yeah. And separate photographers. So you'd have four different teams there. Yeah. All jockeying for the same positions in ceremonies. And one person's shooting in a completely different random style to you are. So you're in in each other's shots, etc. So at least, at the very least, thank God we've moved away from that. Yes. Um, But yeah, methods of work. I I know it's it's a reoccurring theme, but as long as you're working in the same style... That's all that matters uh, to yeah. me. The, the results may be completely different. So that's just to say, so my, one of my main methods of work is the wedding day is more important than your wedding video. Yeah. Sounds strange. I'm your wedding video. I've got mm. one job, make a good wedding video. Yeah. But your wedding day is more important. Of course. Because if I delay your day, take too long at morning preps, stop, start everything, and just make the whole day painful for the couple, taking yeah. too much of their time, too much of their enthusiasm and cooperation. These are things that are in very short supply and people don't realise at weddings. Yeah. If the photographer is siding with me on that, mm. then we're going to work fast, we're going to work enthusiastically, bride and groom are going to be happy, we move on, we get to a couple shoot later on in the day, they've got more time for us, they're excited to work with us because we haven't taken the mick in yeah. timings earlier on in the day, things like that. So I think that's what kind of what comes down to, that method of work. Yeah. Getting into the actual wedding day then, Generally, I find that it's led from the photographer in terms of like shooting and they take central and videographers shoot mm-hmm. around them. Does that ever kind of get frustrating for you as a videographer? Not, f- not particularly. Not particularly. I understand why they have to take so long because yeah. they're trying to create the perfect moment. And with photography, you look at a picture and you're going to look at it forever. It doesn't move. Yeah. It's not going to change. So you, if, if there is any flaws, it's going to be very visible and apparent. Yeah. It might not be apparent the first time you look at it, but after, if you've got a mantelpiece photo and you're yeah. staring at it for 20 years <laughs> or 50 years, then you're going to be like, hang on, like, is that tissue in the corner or whatever? Or like, you know, yeah. the lighting's not right there or mm-hmm. things like that. Whereas for us, if there is a slight flaw in video, it can be bypassed. It can be gone in a second. Yeah. So I feel like that's why photographers take the lead. Mm. But I feel like when it's a bit more action orientated, yeah, that's when videographers should take the lead a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's like bride and groom's entrance into cake cutting. Yeah. I feel like this again, a photographer might need a shot of them coming through the door, a shot of them halfway down the aisle, a shot of them approaching the cake table, yeah. and then at the cake table, etc. Mm. For us, we need clean all of that all the yeah. way through. So it's almost like, I feel like sometimes photographers should work around videographers a little bit more. Yeah. I'm glad that a lot of the people I work with are more than happy and kind of cooperative like that. Yeah. So I think it's just the division of duty yeah. throughout a wedding day. It's not just that photographers take the lead throughout the whole wedding day. Mm. I feel like sometimes it That's should That's a be. really interesting take, actually, because 
although I prefer also to let bride and groom kind of come down and let it be natural, mm-hmm. um, I've never thought of it from that point of view as a videographer will need all of that to be clean as opposed to stop start, which I know a decent amount of photographers tend to do. Mm-hmm. It's not my personal choice, but I know it's something that a lot of photographers do, but I've never thought of it from a videographer's perspective mm-hmm. that you need that entire thing to be nice and smooth yeah, uh, without any kind of interruptions. Yeah, it comes with experience. Every time there's a bride and groom's entrance, I'll get my team in together. I'll get, call the photographers over. I'll see what the photographers want to gain from them walking down the aisle. They might just be like, we just need a couple of shots from them walking yeah. down the aisle. So they're just going to shoot straight down mm-hmm. 7200 or something. Yeah. But you see other either ourselves or another company might want to gimbal the bride and groom all the way down. Obviously, that's going to kill the photographer's shot, right? So there has to be like a, an agreement. Yeah. So it might be like, I'm going to gimbal them for literally like two or three seconds up to this table. Then I'm going to swing out. And then the photographer's got clean all the way down. Yeah. And I'll have a videographer next to the photographer shooting all the way down the aisle. That means we've got a nice creative shot of the bride and groom coming in and then it cuts to that angle there. Yeah. And photographers aren't videographers yeah. most of the time, especially the ones course, that I work yeah. with. So you have to explain to them, obviously, we need to cut all these angles together clean mm-hmm. and and visualise it for them so that they understand, oh, okay, so once you've got that shot, you're going to cut to this camera and then yeah. and then after that, it's going to, the crane's going to pick up the bride and groom heading towards the cake table yeah. and then after that, sometimes everyone just piles onto the dance floor and it's a free-for-all anyway and everything that you discussed <laughs> doesn't, <laughs> you know, then you're just like, whatever, like, the window, yeah. yeah, plan B, plan B. <laughs> but it happens. For a photographer, they might say, oh, uh, no, I need more time to get that shot because yeah. if they're walking fast, mm. whether, whether it's technology or just composition, they're just going to have to keep reframing, re- recomposing for that yeah. shot. They need more than five seconds to get a shot of the body mm. walking and sort of thing. So it's about good communication. Yeah. So just kind of in connection with that, then, can you tell us a little bit about some bad experiences that you might have had over the years with other photographers? Yeah. I'll put it down to as an experience rather than a bad experience because uh, it might not be a bad experience <laughs> for them. Just sometimes where people are taking too long, too much time. Yeah. That's never helps. I've not had any clashes. Okay. That's all that's good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you sound surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I've not had any clashes with photographers. I think it comes down to good communication. Yeah. If you can be bothered to contact a f- new photographer a week before the wedding mm. and say you've got five minutes for a quick phone call like we haven't worked together before we yeah. could have a quick catch up and call them say hey like so how do you normally do like the moments of the day especially where you're pressured like morning preps yeah. or ceremony or couple shoot like how do you tend to work do you do backdrop lighting are you natural light things mm. like that and then come up with solutions before there is a problem if someone yeah. says oh I'm a natural light photographer I'm going to do all of their bridal preps in the garden yeah and I was planning on doing backdrop and you know a lighting setup mm. then you're like okay well we don't have time to do both so it might be a case of letting the bride and groom be aware that we've got slightly different methods not to kind of like cause any panic but we've got different methods on different styles and we need to figure out a solution in some scenarios you have to kind of take defeat and yeah. be like doing something with lighting setup is going to take longer it takes yeah. longer to set up and refine mm. and shoot uh, and let's do something in the thing. and sometimes that changes your style and you, yeah. you, you realise you've shot something that you really like. And again, a bad experience. What you walk into a morning practice thinking, this is going to be hard work. Mm. You walk up thinking, I've got some really nice stuff. Yeah. And vice versa. Um, it, might, it might happen in the, in the opposite way as well. But yeah, not so much a bad experience for myself. But I know my couples have had bad experiences sometimes mm. with photographers. Just being really disappointed with the level of service. I don't think anyone's ever been disappointed with the standard of photography. Mm. Um, just um, not delivering on what was promised in terms of like, effort Mm. or communication or deadlines yeah and that's that's always disappointing as well so i feel like as a wedding supplier you kind of like when clients become paranoid with myself when's the deadline who's going to be there what equipment are you using and they're asking like kind of sometimes questions that aren't you don't always expect yeah it's because they've heard bad experiences um are you personally going to be there like you Mm. know who's in your team i want names of people it's and which is all fine. They're all valid, valid questions. Yeah. Um, but it's because they've had bad experiences or they've heard bad experiences and everyone gets tarnished with the same brush. And that's why yeah. I don't like people that give bad service because it gives everyone else a bad name as well. Yeah. Oh, we don't want to pay you before the wedding. Oh, um, yeah. Because what if you don't ever give our images back? I'm just like, have you ever heard stories of us not giving images mm. back? <laughs> no, we haven't. Well, just like, well, you might have heard them elsewhere, but we're not them. Yeah. 
that's why you're not booking them and that's why you're booking us mm. right so yeah. but then they still have the same paranoia that's a good line by the way I like that <laughs> it is but then it, you don't want to come across as being like oh, we're not the same as them and like, yeah. you don't want to kind of like put someone else Crash down someone, yeah. yeah exactly that uh, because we don't know what the scenario was they, exactly, they could yeah. have had a, a family bereavement or something yeah. there's always scenarios and yeah. people are always going to have a, have a reason why not so much myself having bad experiences but mm. I, I definitely know couples that have not been overly satisfied so over the years then have you ever kind of been in a position where you not so much had an issue with the photographer but there's a bit of kind of pull in terms of again not power but the split between you guys or whatever it may be mm-hmm. have you ever kind of encountered anything like that and if you have how did you kind of go about it i mean we're working for someone yeah as much as we're working together we're working for someone so clients need to be made aware of if you presume there might be any issues just give them a heads up just to let you know we work in a slightly different method so are we going to have enough time in the morning to do uh, xyz because i feel like looking at their work or based on previous scenario that we've had with a photographer their stuff's great they're nice enough but they work differently to us yeah um we might need an extra half an hour in the morning is it something you want to cons- consider extending the hours so that you you're getting what you're paying for with us and you're yeah. getting what you're paying for with them because yeah. it may not always be possible with the same amount of time and there's never i don't think there's often a 50 50 split yeah and i don't think it needs to be respectfully mm. sometimes photographers need more from a morning preps scenario yeah. than a videographer does mm. i can tell my story very quickly yeah um, i know what my story is leading into like a morning preps mm. essentially in layman's terms there's a bride she's getting ready she's nervous yeah she's excited she becomes a bride she becomes dressed up like a bride. Her family see her, take some lovely photos. Yeah. They're excited to go off on their wedding day. And off they go. And obviously that's, to- that's a story told over a few minutes in video. That's yeah. the, the spine of it. Mm. But from a photography perspective, it's more about details, yeah. jewellery, mendy. They want to kind of immortalise all of 20 years research brides have done since they were 10 years old <laughs> of what they're going to look like on their wedding day and things like yeah. that right every little detail is mm. it's a bit more for photographers than it is for video so yeah um, but then there's other parts in the day where i'll just be like i need a bit of time to do a couple shoot mm. and a photographer might not need as much time for yeah. something in particular because they might not fancy doing it in that particular location so yeah just good communication so just kind of going into the day again then when you do go out to a wedding do you have a pre concept in terms of how you want to finalize that film or do you kind of go in there not so much blind but i will work with what i've got and i will create a story as it unfolds a bit of both i think you have to go in with a spine yeah and then whatever meat you put on that spine mm-hmm. is what's around you i mean at the end of the day you got bake cake yeah right cake being the wedding video mm. you still need all those ingredients to put into a cake yeah but the way you kind of mix it all up mm. is going to be different every time. Of course. And you're going to make a different cake every time. Yeah. Even though you've got the same ingredients every single time, the cake's going to taste different every single time. And that's yeah. kind of like how your videos are going to come across. So, yeah, you kind of go with, you have to go in with an idea of what you're going to shoot. Yeah. But then I might walk into a, a bridal preps and a bribe's really bubbly, really OTT character. Yeah. You know, personality for days. Mm. And you think, she's not nervous at all, is she? So why am I going to make her feel, look nervous, feel nervous yeah, and show her as being nervous yeah. where 90% of my videos are nervous brides. They're like very coy, they're, they're very sweet, but they're also like, they're not asking me to like look into the camera and smile and yeah. make, make them look or feel a way that they're not. Yeah. Like why have a bride smile into a camera, but then the second that you finished with them, they're like looking back down and they're nervous and they're like, yeah. I mean, that's what I want to capture. I want to capture the the, the nerves and the, the shaking and the, yeah. the paranoia of how do I look good and what's he going to think and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. But then, yeah, you just uh, react to different things yeah. that happen on the day. No two weddings are ever the same. Might be the same timing, same formula. You could even have the same bride and groom, same set of family, same everything, same supplies, and you'll still end up with two different wedding days. And you just yeah. need to react to things differently. So, again, going back to being proactive rather than reactive. Mm. is very important yeah but being reactive to things that are going to happen that you don't expect is Mm. also very important as well yeah do you find that a lot of couples naturally they want their movies to be 
amazing they want them to actually look like movies but what happens when say for example venues aren't exactly the most amazing or best looking how do you navigate that but still produce a product that, that they're mm. looking for in terms of they want it to look so amazing yeah good question so it's kind of like easier to make a lavish wedding look good because of course yeah i agree with that because you know the lighting's great and the cake's 10 tiers long yeah. or big and you know, there's a convoy of a fleet of cars <laughs> pulling up outside yeah. and everyone's looking great. People know what their wedding day is going to look like. Yeah. If you can just make it look better than what, what it was in their head, in their memory, then I think your job's done. Mm. That's what, your job is to capture what is in front of you. Yeah. But to try and make it look better, try and give a different mm. perspective on things and tell a story. Um, so I don't think money kind of comes into it uh, or like what, how lavish or big or small a wedding might be. I actually kind of found my newer style recently during mm. COVID okay. because everything was stripped away. Yeah. And all we had left was a ceremony. Yeah. With 15 people. And once everything got stripped away, what are you left with? You're left with like such a simple story of, yet yeah, quite an elaborate story of two people who wanted to get married. But now it's two people who are getting married and giving up on their dreams and ideals of having this big fat Indian wedding or lavish wedding yeah. and they're getting married despite of not being able to have that. And that's quite a powerful thing. It's is giving up your wedding day for the sake of a marriage. Yeah. So the emotion in that for me was like, it really intense for everyone else. It's just like, Oh, that wedding's a bit basic. It's just like, it's only like bride and groom and 10 family members. Yeah. I'm just like, but why are they there? Because yeah. they're really desperate to get married. Yeah. So you have to kind of think that, and you can transfer that then to like a smaller intimate wedding, whether it's mm. cost a lot or it didn't cost a lot. And that's not to say that lavish weddings are pretentious. Mm. It just means they had the benefit of being able to spend more money on their wedding. Yeah. And there still might be that deep story there as well. Mm. I'm sure if everyone could afford a big fat wedding, they would. Yeah, of course. But yes, yeah, actually the intimacy of weddings, I actually prefer. Mm. And making it more about the bride and grooms yeah. rather than the occasion. It should be more about the marriage and the reason they're there rather than the visuals, the, the spectacular occasion that they're trying to put on. Yeah. That's all kind of throwaway stuff for me. Mm. Fair enough. Don't get me wrong. We still kind of like, you know, show the yeah, AB setups and the lighting. Oh, you know, you love it. You walk in, you go, yeah, like, you know, cake looks wicked, the dance floor's sick. Yeah. You know, the DJ setup <laughs> is mad. Like, and you think, oh, this is going to look good. Yeah. But sometimes then you then forget that there's two people in a hall of 800 people. I agree, yeah. And it's not about them anymore. Mm. So you have to keep kind of resetting. Like, okay, right, it's about them, it's about them, it's about yeah. them. It's not about everything else that they're doing. Wicked. So in terms of shooting with photographers, again, I know we've kind of sort of touched on it throughout the episode, but do you feel as though it's quite important for couples to be aware that maybe photographers and videographers, we shoot consistently and shoot in a similar style? just so the end product then is sort of consistent with each other? Or do you think it's okay to have differing styles as long as obviously everyone works well on the day? Yeah, I think you can have different styles. I mean, we're not to judge or tell a client yeah. how their photography should be yeah. based on who if they're booking us. Mm. So I think it's completely fine to have a, a completely different style. But in achieving those yeah. styles and going about your work and yeah. having two different products that you're creating, you're not always going to be able to do it in tandem. Yeah. So whether you make the bride and groom aware at the booking phase, I mean, if you kind of hold back and then don't tell them, mm. and then you leave it to like a, a week before the wedding when you're going through all the finer details, yeah, that's just going to stress them out. Mm. Find out early on, oh, you know, as soon as I get an inquiry, my first question is, have you, what photographers are you looking to work with and yeah. who are you inquiring with? And if I have a preference out of the ones they've said, I'll say so. Okay. And if I if there's someone that I'd rather not work with, I'll say so. Because okay. they're asking for my opinion. Yeah. I'll see if they want my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then um, that definitely helps. But I don't think the styles need to be ultimately the same. Mm. You can have one kind of cinematic style videographer and a photojournalism style photographer. Yeah. That can work in tandem together, be respectful towards each other, mm. give each other time to achieve what they want to do. And everyone can go home happy, I think. Yeah. I think I think maturity is... Uh, I'm lucky enough to be one of the older guys around now. 
<laughs> I think. Um, and that gives you a sense of maturity and be like, look, we had to do our job, please the client, mm. get paid, go home, everyone's happy. Yeah. Right? You can kind of dumb it down of course, sometimes. Yeah. So like, let's just be mature. Let's just get on with the job. We don't have to go away being best friends. Mm. Um, but let's, let's make it fun for the couple. Let's enjoy each other's company. Let's do a good job. Do what you need to do. Do what I need to do. Make sure nothing's compromised and let's go home and everyone's happy. I think that's an amazing point to end on as well. Thanks so much for coming and being a part of the episode. Thanks. I really Thanks appreciate it. Before you go, I normally kind of ask guests what they have coming up, where people can find you, just kind of plug yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, socials, you can find me at Make It Real, that's R-E-E-L, um, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, websites, makeitreal.tv. Hopefully you'll see me at our wedding uh, near you soon. <laughs> um if you do see me, come and say hi. It, it, it's a controversial kind of topic yeah. that we've spoken about today. It's not not controversial, but kind of uh, a touchy uh, one. A touchy one because you know. But like I said, some of my best friends are photographers. Yeah, and I I massively respect the craft, so uh, nothing's meant in a kind of like a, an offensive way. Really. So <laughs> if there's any photographers out there that are going to see me at the next booking and be like, oh. Have to work with make it real. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the case at all. I'm excited to work with everyone. Uh, like I said, and the last thing I said was literally, let's do our job. Let's go home. Yeah. So uh, and everyone's happy. That's amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Amar, for joining us today. Honestly, it was such a pleasure to have you on. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was something really different to what we normally talk about, and I hope it's been useful for you guys to now have a perspective from a videographer's point of view as well. If you enjoyed the episode and you enjoyed the show please leave me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or on Google Chrome. I would really appreciate it. And if not, I'm just glad that you're here listening. I'm looking forward to speaking to you guys again next week. Take care, guys. Found my focus soon as you came into view Highlight and expose the way I think of you now it's clear as day just what I need to do Don't ever start, just give it all that you got